Yeah. I used to have bad luck. Now you might see me in the Jag truck. Man, Welcome stuck, to the Sunday Puncher Podcast. I'm Angelo. I'm your host. We have Lex over there. Lex, say hello. What's good, y'all? And from the most valid opinion podcast, we borrowed a co-host today. Matt, say hello. Yeah. Okay. I didn't say let us know you're from New York. I said say hello. <laughs> uh wow guys we um we had some night of boxing yesterday so let's start this off we obviously are going to talk about boots okay in my opinion steals it was a packed day of boxing he stole the show i mean that was an electrifying performance with a stoppage win over sergey Lipinitz. let's start let's let, let me throw you guys a little softball here it's it's going to be hard for you to get this wrong what grade would you have given Jerron Ennis last night for that performance. Lex, why don't you go? Uh, let's go A minus. All right. Would you like? What did you not like? No, I mean, what is there not to like? His performance was crazy, but it wasn't like it wasn't something that I've never seen before. I will say that I like lifting that, so it hurt me a little bit to see him get chewed up. But no, I mean, Boost did his thing, man. His arms are bigger and better. I think he's ready for, like, I've seen a lot of hyperbole. I think he's the goods. But, like, let's let's enjoy it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I So, you, you framed this perfectly. So, Matt, I'll throw this question to you. Like, there's a lot of hyperbole on social media about what we saw last night from Boots. So, the question is, like, well, well how much of that is deserved? How much of that is realistic? How much of that do you believe in? I think it's all deserved. It's all realistic. And I'm all in on Jerron Boots Ennis. Okay. I mean, high praise. Explain. Well, so here's was so impressive last night. Here's the thing. He beat the hell out of Sergey Lippinets in that sixth round, man. Lippinets showed that he wasn't there just to collect the paycheck. He was there to fight. He was there. He he started fighting dirty. He started roughing it up a little bit. And then Boots turned it up another level, which is what I always look for in a young fighter. How do you face adversity? When things aren't perfect the way you want them to be, how do you respond? And him getting cracked in the uh in the little Ennises, that was not ideal. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh Lippinets was really starting to fight a little bit dirty. He was trying to rough him up on the inside. You know, he was he was hitting him low a lot. He was hitting him behind the head a lot. And Ennis just shone through all of that, and he was able to get the knockout on a punch that didn't even look like much when it landed. But you can see that Lippinets was like, I don't want to fight no more. There was a part. Um, I would say that one of the things that we needed to see in this fight was whether or not Boots could take a shot. And Lipinitz seemed like the guy. There was no doubt in my mind coming into this fight that I thought Lipinitz could win this fight. Or Lipinitz is likely to win the fight. And what I saw in this matchup was, or what I wanted to see was, okay, I know that Lipinitz ain't going to win, but can he push Boots a little bit? Can he hit him? 
Because that's the thing we don't know about a lot of these prospects that are coming up specifically with the two big ones, Virgil Ortiz and Boots. What happens when they get hit by someone who can actually punch? You know, someone unlike Maurice Hooker, who when they hit you, you know, you feel a little bit. And I wanted to see Lipinitz is a hard puncher. He may not have the one punch concussive power, but he's got that hard power that gets respect. What happens? Boots ate one of those shots last night. And he kept on going. And one of the things that really impressed me about the performance last night, I mean, I was thoroughly impressed. Like, every box that I had, it was checked. Everything I wanted to see in Boots, and I saw. But one of the things that I wasn't expecting to see, but I did see it, and it's like one of those things that's like not that obvious until you actually see it. And then it comes to mind. It's like, oh, yeah, that was actually impressive. Boots came out, and he showed Lipinitz respect. He did not come out here and try to clown. He came out here and paid Lipinitz his respect. He fought like he was fighting Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence. Okay? And you know what he discovered? He discovered that the way he used to clown on these guys on Showbox, he could do that with Lipinitz. It took him a few rounds to come to that conclusion, but he realized, like, oh, I don't actually need to show you respect. You're not in my league. You're not even close to my skill level. And you look at that package of his size, his power, his speed. I mean, it was as impressive of a performance I've seen from a prospect as I've seen in a really long time. Wait, so I was just about to ask. You like that was great timing. That so last night's performance was the most impressive performance by a prospect since what? Can you answer that question or no? And I'm asking Tank Pedraza. Both Tank Pedraza. Yeah, Tank Pedraza sticks out. I, I don't know if that's the definitive answer. We can no, throw no, out some I mean, names here. It doesn't have to be like the one, but, but like, like one of um, those performances. But I would say that that is one of those performances where it's like you, you have a guy who you don't know anything about. I mean, you got to remember Tank before the Pedraza fight fought a dude with 13 losses. And it was like, yeah, you knocked him out. So what? We don't know anything about you. And then he came in and he put a beating on Pedraza. So that, I, I would say like, that's a performance that sticks out to me. There are certainly others. And if, you know, you guys, Matt, do you have an example? I have mine in my head. Uh, probably Tia Fimo versus Diego Magdaleno. Uh, I, I, Did you go to that? Not that that wasn't impressive. That was. I just, I don't, I didn't like the matchup there. I didn't think Magdaleno, I'd say that there's a big difference between Magdaleno as an opponent and then um, Pedraza and um, Lipinets. But not to say that Lip- Tiafimo didn't blow him out, which he absolutely did. Lex, who well, are you going to say? Lex, I thought you were going to go with Tiafimo versus uh, Lomachenko when you start off with Tiafimo. Oh, Mine? Well, I already knew Tiafimo was going to beat Lomachenko. <laughs> yeah, that's, me too. That's why I wouldn't pick that one. <laughs> yeah. but, it's not, it, but it's not that you, you knew they were going to win or not, you know? Yeah, that may be. But the way in which they do it, is what tells the story. And I actually don't agree with that. I think Lomachenko made enough of the rounds competitive that it wasn't like a complete 1,000% exceeded expectations in that fight. But, I mean, the, the, again, the that's not to put went, down TFM's performance. The fight went exactly how I thought it would go. Uh, the only thing that didn't happen was Lomachenko didn't get knocked out. But the only reason why he didn't get knocked out is because he didn't want to engage too much. So... The fight went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Yeah, I, I picked the right winner. It's just not the right method. 
real quick, real quick, real quick. My yeah. pick, I might get some hate for this, but I don't care. Chris Colbert and Jaime Arbolida. Um, yeah, that is a yeah, no, I, I, I can I can see that. And then look, for obviously Jaime Arbolita is probably not the opponent that uh Lipinets is or Lomachenko is. I know that, but I didn't know that Chris Colbert had all that in his bag. To stand in front of someone and like do what he did is not very easy. You don't see that a whole lot. So that was my like. Yeah, that, that's damn. a good point because nobody was expecting the stoppage either. Yeah, I, I thought he was just going to do, you know, like I know Chris can punch a little bit, but he usually moves and he just like buzzsawed him. Like that was crazy to me. No, I, I think the Colbert one is, is a pretty, it's a pretty good pick. It's actually probably a better pick than the Tiafimo one and the, um, I don't know about Tank. But it might be a better pick than the Tiafimo one because that was unexpected from Colbert. Like, we knew he was going to beat Arboleta. But we didn't think that the puncher in that matchup was going to be Colbert. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you threw me off track. I don't know what we were talking about. No, no, you were, you were just saying how that was one of those performances that it's like he's putting everyone on notice. Can yeah, I yeah, ask yeah. another yeah. drive-by question while, yeah. we're, while, while we're at it? Come on, we're ready for now, anything here. Now, like I mentioned to you earlier, this isn't the first time in boxing this has happened. We had Keith Thurman mowing through everybody, and people were saying he was the guy to get past Floyd. We had Arrow mowing through everybody, and then they said, this is the guy to get past Floyd. And then, like, they step up in competition, and, like, it changes a little bit. Like, how is Boots going to continue to stay at this level where it's just like, yo, he cannot be beat. He looks outrageous, or, like, will, will the hyperbole die down a little bit? I don't see Boots changing much. I think the competition will get better and be more capable of adjusting and adapting to what they see in front of them, which is going to bring out a different level of what we've seen from Boots and what we saw against Lipinitz last night. He's got multiple levels that he can go to. We saw the early slower pace, respect, kind of fight behind the jab in a more conservative way. And, and then we saw him turn it on and fight Lipinitz like he was another guy on Showbox. And like that's the thing that you don't see in a lot of prospects is that it's hard for you to see or for them to get these opportunities. And this is on purpose, by the way, based off of their matchmaking, for them to elevate to another gear, to show a different side of what they can do in the ring. And if you match them in a conservative way where you, you're getting them the type of opponents that you expect or that you want, then they don't do that. And an example is Shakur Stevenson. We know he's good. I don't know about you guys, but I know do he's we? good. Do we? Here, but here we go. See, here's the thing. I think he's good based off of what I've seen. But he's fought a very particular type of opponent in each of his fights. And, and they, they're, they're there to do a specific thing. And no one's been able to push him and make him adjust and make him adapt. And th that's the difference here. And, and, and I'd love to see it from him. Lillard, I ain't sold. <laughs> Ooh. And you know what's crazy is like one of like the most like lazy takes out there in my opinion right now is that like Shakur is this like otherworldly talent that'll never lose. It's just like like uh maybe I don't know. I think he's good. I think he's gonna be like this generation's B hop, basically. <laughs> like tough to beat, but like really not bo like not boring to watch. Hey, B hop was not boring to watch. Okay. B hop rough you up on the inside, you know, hit you up to the body, 
B-Hop wasn't running around like Shakur. Shakur, I can't watch him on TV anymore. Like, I, I don't care who he fights next. I don't want to see it. I, I don't want to see Shakur fight again, to be honest. What about Haney? I actually um, think Haney is more boring than Shakur. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that because I've seen Haney sent someone to hell. I've never seen Shakur send somebody to hell. I mean, he sent right. somebody to hell who was like, okay, you know, I, I, I'll take, I, I'll take Michael Conlon to do the same thing like that. Yeah, no, 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 but it's, it's true. Here's the thing, Shakur, if he would have fought someone on that level, he would have just twelve would him, and you would have been bored. I like to see my top prospects. When you have someone that doesn't belong in the ring with you, you need to get them the hell up out of there. And Shakur doesn't seem to have that capability. I, I, this brings us to this next question of like, and the list of prospects right now is like, is he, is Boots the most impressive prospect and like the highest rated, highest ceiling prospect out there? If we can even call him that anymore, I think but a win is, over Lipinitz is like a, a, a major graduation. Wait, real quick, help help us out define prospect like for, for this question. Let, let's say anybody who hasn't fought for a world title yet. And is like under the age of 25. Okay. So those Eastern European guys with, you know, f fantastic amateur resumes, but because they came late with, they only got 12 fights, you know, those, those dudes don't count. Um, I'll say that. And to make it I fair, think... let's say that the, the under 20 year olds, you know, like Vito Melnecki don't count. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to stick to like what you I'm said, kidding, like guys. under 25, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think... generally under 25. I think Boots is two fights away from being the most important dude under 25 other than, well, I would say Tank, but Tank is now like 26, right? He's, I think he's 25 now. Okay, so let's include Tank. So it's going to be Tank, Ryan, Benavidez, and Boots, and everyone else will be like two or three or four Fimo? levels below. But Tiofimo? He's not. The, I, I like Tiofimo. He's real talented, but like he, 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 he doesn't have that thing. Like between what's going on between him and top rank, he's going to be on Triller. He, he, I, I, like, he needs to be on the right platform with the right opponent, and it looks great, like, a certain way. Like, I don't know if he's yeah, going and huh? Is Jerron Ennis going to be able to be on the right platform with the right opponent? Just because TBC was nice enough to feed him Lippin Yetz doesn't mean anything. Lippin Yetz is relatively inexpensive. When you're talking about the guys at 147, we're talking about the Spences, the Porters, the the Ugases, the Garcias. These guys are not going to come cheap. So would PBC invest money into an opponent for Boots Ennis when Boots Ennis is not a PBC fighter? See, that is the big question here. If Boots is limited to this weird partnership, well, it's not a weird partnership, but this sort of like partnership with PBC where he's fighting under their cards by by virtue of his relationship that he has with Showtime, what is the ceiling for what he could actually accomplish? Like, because because I think it's a tough thing where he doesn't bring, like, I think if he brought in the money as the A-side, I don't think they'd have that big of an issue with going to, going to work with him. But because he's the B-side and he still needs to be built, that's where I think the, the problems are going to come from. Because, like, are we really going to put Sean Porter in there when Sean Porter's the A-side? Like, and, and that's another thing, like, Fighters aren't going to accept fighting this guy, given his talent, and he's not going to bring in as much money as if they fought each other. You know, what does a bigger number? Sean Porter fighting Danny Garcia again? 
or either of those guys finding Jerron Ennis. Real quick, Angelo, do you think it would make sense to do like a explain like I'm five, uh, like re- explaining what's going on with Boots as far as his situation? Because I see a lot of confusion. On, I mean, on Twitter. It's, it's real simple. I'll break it down real quick. You got Jerron Ennis. He is signed with Cameron Duncan's promotional company. Now, I'm not going to get into the legal thing completely, but he's also in a lawsuit because technically Boots actually signed with another promoter. And Chris Middendorf. Chris Middendorf. And there, there's like some, there, there was like a, a, a handshake agreement between with Boots's career where when he turned pro, he would be managed by Cameron Duncan and promoted by Chris Middendorf. But then Cameron Duncan created a promotional company so that Boots could sign with him as his promoter and then absolve or, or kind of like defer the manager, like his management of Boots's career. And so now they're going to court because they're like, hey, he has a contract signed with Middendorf's promotional company. Allegedly. They're saying, so here's the thing. Uh, Victory Promotions, which is Chris Menendorf's uh, company, they're claiming they have a valid contract with Boots. Cameron Duncan, who used to actually work for Menendorf in the same company, but he was just going to manage Boots, which is a conflict of interest, by the way, but Fred's not here, so we won't get into that. He basically says that they don't have a contract with Boots, so he poached Boots from Menendorf. And Middendorf is claiming they still have a contract with him. Boots, for what it's worth, claims that his contract is with Cameron Duncan. So it's going to play out how it's going to play out. I think there's going to be probably a settlement. And he's probably going to end up getting future rights on Boots' fights. Because everything I've read, everything I've heard, Chris Middendorf is actually in the right in this one. And he does have a valid contract. Oh, I mean, I've read the files. He 100% is. It yeah. it sounds the the Duncan like um how could we say this like Duncan's the argument or their complaint or whatever is bizarre to say the least uh, of the way things like played out and their their justification as to why their deal with Boots is the official one and Middendorf's is illegal or not enforceable or whatever. It's really weird, and there, it, it would take a lot more time than we have today to really get into that. So, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's probably going to, Middendorf's probably going to win, and we'll see. I don't, I don't, but I don't know what that means for Boots' future. You know, that, then, we're, then we have to figure out, okay, is Boots going to fulfill that contract? Is he going to sit on the shelf and try to get himself out of that contract? Is he just going to go with what Middendorf says and... Cameron goes back to being his manager? Well, for what it's worth, Cameron Duncan seems to be trying to ingratiate himself to PBC. Middendorf is known to take his fighters to top rank. So this, well, <laughs> whoever wins is, is, is actually going to have a big impact on what we see in the future for Boots Ennis. Um, for what it's worth, Middendorf was the one who took Boots to Showtime. Although Cameron claimed that that was not true in that article, or that it was him who did that in in his in that article that Lance Pugmire put out, which was basically propaganda for um, Cameron Duncan, that is not actually true. And, and like 
I think this is a cool topic because with all the players in the sport at the moment, you obviously have TBC, you obviously have top rank, Golden Boy, Matchroom, uh, Frank Warren, MTK. This is a very pivotal time for Boots. Because signing, like, you don't just think that he's just going to get attention wherever he goes. Going to the wrong place could set his profile back a little bit. And with PBC being on Fox and top rank being on ESPN, like, all it takes is the wrong decision and you'll lose a lot of traction. And we've seen it happen in the last couple of years with certain guys. I mean, also, you got to take into account your division and and what fights are actually going to be available for you. Um, There's already a fight at PBC 154 that I will put a $75 deposit down on if they put it on pay-per-view. If you're listening, whoever's out there. At, at, Boots at versus PBC, Austin Trout? You, you, yeah, it is Austin Trout. How'd you guess? No, no, I mean, no, this... listen. I want Lubin versus Boots. I need that. Lubin? I need that. Who gives a shit about Lubin? I give a shit about Lubin. Lex wants Lubin to just get knocked out as many times what? as he can before the age of 25. <laughs> Listen, he. Well, this is what's crazy about Lubin. We were just talking about Why guys Lubin? under twenty-five. He's still under twenty-five. I'm pretty sure. That don't mean he needs to fight him. That's a great fight. That's a this, guy who is not going to be scared. This is a hipster pick. Like you have the oh, whole hipster. PBC welterweight roster, and you're like, what about Lubin at one fifty-four? Okay, when when Lubin beats Rosario, we're bringing this, which is not. We're, we're bringing this take right back around. But why would you want to see Boots move up? Why not say, like, no, nah, I want to see Boots run the gauntlet. Dude, I want I'm glad Porter, you, I'm glad you Thurman, asked me that question. Garcia, that question. the other Garcia, Stanionis, Jamal James, and Errol Spence. And now, then when he's done with all of them, Terrence Crawford could get it too. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. We were having a wonderful conversation in the beautiful patron where everyone should join. And we were discussing how certain people out there try to diminish certain fighters that are hot now in favor of the up-and-coming guys. I say that to say, I don't think, like, Errol versus Boots isn't really realistic to me. Sean versus Boots isn't really realistic to me. I just don't know how many of these matchups at 47 are realistic. But maybe, but because Bud is really desperate for an opponent. But... I don't, I don't know about the PBC guys. Yeah, but ain't that desperate for an opponent. Let's just start there. That is well, absolute you, bullshit. He's so, not so, desperate for an opponent. Who's he going to fight? You got, you got Pacquiao in Dubai? That's, that's no, see, gonna... see this, this is where you're making a mistake, Lex. Angelo's absolutely right. Bud isn't desperate for an opponent. We as fans are desperate to see him fight somebody. <laughs> that's a big difference. I, you put whoever I want. I, you just better make sure the money's right. Exactly. But even, look, whether he goes to PBC or top rank, there's a lot of work to be had for Boots Ennis. Because let's not forget that top rank also has Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez, who both are probably moving up to 147 pretty soon. So there's going to be some competition for him, whether he goes to top rank or whether he goes to PBC. I'll be um, sad if he goes to top rank. I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't know about both of those guys going to 147, at least in the short term, because I think whoever, uh, I think it's more likely that one of them is going to stay at 140 and just keep all the, like either keep the belts 
or get the belts because they're obviously going to get put right back in an opportunity to get them belts. But uh, let, let's, as we're talking now, let's just assume that his next fight and maybe the next one after that is going to be the same setup. PBC is going to pr- provide the opponent. They're going to provide the date. Showtime's going to broadcast. What do you think is the next logical step for Boots' career? And keep in mind that he's ranked number seven with the WBO. He's ranked number 12 with the WBC. And he's ranked number nine with the IBF. And he just beat the number three ranked guy in the IBF, who was Sergey Lipinitz, for reasons beyond me. But nonetheless, he just beat the number three guy in the IBF. What do you think is like the next logical move? And also, I don't know how much we want to put any weight on this, but he said that he's going to be back or intends to be back in July. Mean machine. Mean Free machine. I actually okay. like that. I've never thought about that. Relatively inexpensive. He's a known quantity to the hardcore boxing public because of his knockdown that wasn't a knockdown of Terrence Crawford. I think Mean Machine should be the play. I know there's some talk about Custio Clayton, but I'll be <laughs> honest with you, uh, I don't care about Clayton too much. I want to see Boots versus Mean Machine. Lex? I like that Mean Machine pick. That's perfect, considering he just got let go from top rank, right? Uh, Yeah, that's that's one way to put it. Let go they fired him. Stopped, whatever the terminology is. But, um, I don't know. I keep. I, I've seen Boots mention that like he wants a strap, and like the strap is coming soon. But we know who has all the straps, so it's probably. I don't like when you say strap. What should I say? The belt, belt, the title, the championship. I don't know how people say strap. Titles, belts. We know who has the belts, but the one guy that's actually like in in reach and kind of realistic is Jamal James, and I've seen some people mention it on social media so if that would be next i'd be down for that and i've seen fox pushing boots a lot i don't know if if there's something going on in the background that we don't know about but maybe if they're trying yeah, to fighting pacquiao <laughs> yeah i mean I'd, I'd buy that i'd buy that yeah i mean you and like 40 other people hey if you if you do it in abu dhabi it might it might work out uh if you do it I, in I abu dhabi care, i don't care about jamal james or a million for two what do you mean you right. don't care about Jamal James? Explain. Tang, first of all, his name is Pootie Tang because okay. you've never seen both of them. Listen, Dougie Fisher, <laughs> Pootie Tang, and Jamal James are all Don't the same do person. that. Don't do that. They are all don't. the same person. Okay? No, but Jamal no, James no. has never entertained me. Never. Okay, but we were talking about the, the, for, for the wait, development. Wait, 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 wait. You, said, you didn't like his fight against... um. What's the last fight he had against... um? Delorme? 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 That, that no. was decent, no? No. It's it a good fight. Well, it was okay. It was boring. It was, it was a it was good cool it was, fight. It was, it was like, a, like an average fight that, you, did, that did, wasn't terrible. Did you terrible. watch it more than once? I don't watch fights more than once, period, buddy. <laughs> no, nah, I've watched Colbert like, <laughs> against Arbolita like 30 times. I do not rewatch fights. <laughs> yeah. Why would I do that? Do you know how many fights there are during the week? Do you follow Tim Boxeo on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, shout, yeah. to, shout to my brother from another Tim Boxeo. I don't know. We'll, I'll save the announcement for later. But um, yeah, save it. Don't go there yet. Don't go there yet. Later. But later. there, there are so many fights throughout the, the 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 day, the week, the month, the year. There's always something new to watch. So that's why I don't rewatch fights. 
I mean, you're trying to tell me that you saw every fight that was on uh, the top-ranked card, that was on uh, the matchroom card, that was on the Showtime card. Like, that's a lot of time to be spending watching boxing. But I think only uh, Tim Boxeo and that guy, uh, who, Boogs? Who, who's the guy on Twitter? Boogs? They're probably the only two people that watched every single fight. I ain't gonna gonna speak on anything right now. I'll just say this for for Boots's next next step. I, I think first of all, Mean Machine Igis Kavalaskis, that is ridiculous. That's not happening. Why? Why would it? He's not with PBC. First of all, <laughs> listen, Kujatio wasn't with PBC until he is now. He was with Top Rank also. Yeah, but our boy Kujatio, um is in the IBF rankings, soon to be a mandatory for Errol Spence. And what better way to get this guy to just not be a nuisance than to have him on board, get him his fights, pay him so that he don't have to get in the way of what the plans are for Errol Spence. I think that's what that was all about. Okay, that makes sense. I could be wrong. I could be disrespecting the the work of Egan, or not Egus, um... What's the guy's name? Kujutio's uh, manager and Samson. That could be, you know, but I think that that's really what that play was about. I think, um, who did you say, Lex? Oh, Custio Clayton? That's no, no, ridiculous. I said Jamal James. I said that, Jamal. Whoever said Custio Clayton, that's ridiculous. That's not happening. Showtime will never have him on again. <laughs> Wait, why not? Because he's <laughs> awful. I'm not saying that he don't got skill. Clayton is, is a capable fighter, no doubt about it. But that performance that he had with Lipinitz, like you, you know how hard it is to not have a good fight with Lipinitz? That guy has been in a ton of wars over the course of his career. All you got to do is let your hands go. Lipinitz is going to let you hit him. Custio so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Get it you straight. You were just uh, as, as stolen the virtues of Shakur Stevenson, but Custio Clayton is not entertaining enough. No, 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 no. Don't even try to pin that on me. Don't even try to twist my words. I will go over there to New York. That is not what I said. Okay? I will give you a Stone Cold Stunner uh, on right in front of your your stoop or whatever it is. Okay? <laughs> I said Shakur Stevenson was good and talented. I didn't say anything about him being interesting. I called him boring and said also, it, it, when we're talking about boring, let's bring up Devin Haney. That's what I was saying. But what I'm saying about Custio Clayton, he's a good fighter. I, I, I don't have any issue with him. But I think that that fight was just so dreadful. It's like we can't have this guy on, on the broadcast anymore unless we can guarantee that people aren't going to be turning off their TVs. And remember, that was a headliner. I think that was one of those fights that – um. no, never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say right now. But, like, I, I just I, – I don't see it. I don't think Custio Clayton's going to be in the, in the ring with, with boots – that doesn't do anything for him either. I think at this point in Boots' career, there are two ways to go with him. And Colbert is in the same position. You fight a name or you fight for a title. There ain't no in-between here. Anything less is a step back. So, Custio Clayton? No, sir. Mean Machine? I don't know if he's a name enough. Can, don't can think I throw so. a name out there? Yeah. There's a certain guy that has been very vocal uh-huh. about getting another fight on uh-huh. Showtime soon. Uh-huh. Mr. Adrian Broner. Oh, no. I mean, nah. <laughs> I, I like it. In, like, 
this is one of the things where like I have to take off my I need to put on my shrewd promoter hat uh in order to to really get behind this because as somebody who like just doesn't want to see A B like A B will get styled on by boots. Like th- this will be the first person to truly like just beat up A B for 12 rounds. I know people are gonna no, say, well, what about that- Maidana? But it's like, nah, A B came on in that fight and had his moments. Boots is, will do to A B what he did to Lipinitz. That's that that is a very un Al Heyman fight. Like I don't I could be wrong, but I don't think Al has ever thrown someone to like the wolves like that. That's like a that's throwing a you know, that's throwing little little Nemo in with the great white, man. I don't know. And I like A B. I'm not saying he's trash or anything, but you know, he's he's on the comeback trail, you know? Yeah, but Boots has never fought someone the style of A B. I, I think you guys he walks a punching bag in the in the gym every day. <laughs> what a Come on, guys. Let's be real. That, that on, version man. of AB we saw in that last fight, and I know there's a long layoff and all of that stuff, but my God, that was not so good. That was coming off a two-year layoff, man. So you, so when Manny Pacquiao, if he comes back, um, he's going to look like that too, right? Manny Pacquiao might end up looking like Pavetkin when he come back. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think I, I like... Um, I, th- I think the, the tough part about Boots is who's going to agree to this fight. That's the thing. I think, I think Mean Machine would take the fight. I think Custio Clayton will take the fight. I just don't know that that is the next logical step for his career. What about the, Custio- the winner... The winner of Figueroa versus Ramos. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll take it. That'll probably end up being for a vacant WBA title. You yeah, guys haven't I'd looked at the that. rankings lately. Uh, they yeah, winner of that fight's gonna fight for a title. Would it wouldn't be a very long fight? I listened to a a Custio Clayton interview, and he was saying that he he was in the mix for boots. Like he and he said yes to the fight, and they didn't. They didn't take him. But he also said that, like, he wasn't sure, like, what sources put it together. So maybe it wasn't legitimate. But I believe it was legitimate. That's just, you know, to, to Angelo's point, that's not really a fight that, like, I don't, I don't think it does anything for Boots. Like, it's like, what, he stops him, then what? Like, no one's, I don't think anyone's really checking That's what I'm that. saying. Personally. A lot of these matchups are horizontal moves for where Boots is at in his career. The, like, at this point, Boots is, every Boots fight has to either, Make him more popular or add to his, add some gold. Is someone typing? Like, dude, what are you typing on a typewriter? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I a telegram. <laughs> 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 uh, but how, how many rounds do you think Jamal James would last with boots? I said a good four rounds. What about Keith four. Thurman? Oh, Lex, I should let you answer. Wait, four? He's, he's good for more than four. Um, Jamal James is very hittable, and Boots is but, very accurate. But he he's <laughs> more than four. Keith Thurman, I'll, I'll say seven at least. Oh, okay. He, give him three more rounds. What about Keith Thurman? I saw some people getting a little little testy on the timeline about this, about how it's like, oh, you know, how, wh- wh- why are we disrespecting Keith Thurman and, and all these guys? You know, just because Boots had one performance. Uh I think Keith Thurman could beat him. Really? Another guy yeah. who's been out the ring for two years that might look like Pavekin. I think Keith Thurman could beat him. 
I like how he put the microphone closer to his mouth there, just so we know he meant what he said. Uh, but I don't disagree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. But I do think that, um, I mean, like, look, if we could be like a little more, if we were to try to both sides things and kind of like talk about, okay, well, let's see where, like, if we were to, I don't know, was there anything about boots that maybe were over exaggerating that maybe he's like not as far as we think? We just got to see more. We got to see more. Like, honestly, how many times have we been through this? You, when we talked earlier, you, you gave the example of uh, Ortiz, Victor Ortiz, right? If I remember correctly. Oh, I was just talking about how, well, it wasn't the, the, the best example, but basically we were talking about how people instantly, and like, I'm not one of those people, but like you probably saw some on social media if you were on how people were like, oh, well, I'd take Boots over Spence. I'd take Boots over Crawford. Or Boots needs to fight Crawford or Spence. Like, those guys got can't duck this guy. He's, you know, the best there is out there. Or some combination of that, right? And, I, and my point was, like, every time someone who you don't know of or somebody that's on the come up or someone young has a win, they look spectacular, they look like they're ready to, to, to be on the big stage and all that stuff, that don't necessarily mean that we need to see that that they're actually ready for that. Because we've seen time and time again, a guy gets you know some nice win on the come up, and then they get in the ring with the, the, the guy you said that they had a shot, and they look like clowns. And just sometimes you got to pump the brake because the development of a prospect is, it takes time. And while you may be impressed with what Boots did to Sergey Lipinitz, Sergey Lipinitz is not Errol Spence. And very likely, if you put Errol Spence in the ring with Sergey Lipinitz, you may have a real similar result, if not even more impressive. Maybe not, but you, I, I'm definitely confident that Errol Spence would have demolished Lipinitz, as would Terrence Crawford. So, I mean, that was more of like my response to like people kind of trying to do the fast track thing. Where, I mean, look, we've just talked about boots for a long time here. I don't know how long we've talked. And sure, we are super high on boots. But at the end of the day, all of our takes on Boots, is it's mostly projection. We are projecting how he would fare should he step up in a fight against one of these top dogs. Is that fair? No, I don't think that's fair. All right, well, lay it out. Lay it out then. This was the step up. You know, this was supposed to be the step up. I think we can all agree that Lippinets was a top 10 to 12 welterweight something in and around that range and boots made it look easy like this this is something that we can't talk about enough he made it look easy against a guy that sent lamont peterson into retirement a guy who went 12 rounds with mikey garcia you know this is a guy who is known for first of all being durable and he got stopped in six rounds. Yeah. I, I was just trying to both sides it. You know, I don't, where do I, I, I lean more towards what you're saying than what I just said. But what I think what Rashid I do say, is, he, he's not good. Damn. He, he, like, look, he's a talented fighter, but like when we're, t- when I say he's not good, I mean, is he elite? Is he going to, do I, I do, is his projection anywhere close to where Boots is? No. Not yeah, at but all. Why, why don't he fight Boots? I mean, Oscar's... Why don't he fight Virgil Ortiz? Guys over. Well, we know Oscar's not going to do that. 
Virgil Ortiz got such a good manager that he can't get him a fight with another prospect so we can actually get some respect out of him. But that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. No, I I, I mean, I, I also am not I'm not for this prospect versus prospect. Beating Rashidi Ellis don't prove anything. Yeah, Boost Boost needs that next like he needs to keep keep stepping up. Slowly but surely. I don't know, like we've we've gone through a bunch of guys that seem realistic. Who it'll be, I don't know, but I don't like that's another fight. If he beats Ellis, it's just like, okay, now what? Who's next? The, like, I, here's he needs- the question. Is Boots, like, from here on out, a main eventer? No, because I think um, the logical step for Boots is to get on a big undercard. If he could find a way to get on an Errol Spence undercard, I think that would be a really good look for him. Uh, I, I, I agree with that. I think Deontay Wilder, I think basically any top dog – out there who brings in eyeballs. I mean, obviously, if you can get on the Manny Pacquiao undercard, you do that. If you could be on the undercard of Mayweather versus, I don't know, pick, you know, Dr. Disrespect or something, you do that. But I think that that's a real good call there. I think, um, and like you saw them do this with David Benavides, where it's like he, for a while, fought on undercards. Canelo did it. They threw him on Floyd's undercards. So I, I think if... That's also probably like a move where that may indicate which way the wind is going to blow. If PBC starts sticking him on these big time undercards, you know that they're really going and trying to build him up in a particular way. Or they could just have him headline against Abdu Kakarov. Yeah, I'd like that too. That's a no, good come one. Come on. He's, he's, no, no, no. <laughs> Abdu Kakarov, come on. Number one in the IBF. That could be for some IBF interim belt. Okay, so could <laughs> never mind. Let's talk about Stanionis. He got a unanimous decision win over Thomas Dulorme. I anticipate that uh, we won't be as high on him as we were on Boots, but he this was his thirteenth pro fight against Thomas Dulorme. So, what did you guys see at Stanionis, and how do you assess where he's at in his career after this fight? Lex, what'd you think? I like Stanionis. Like, I like, this is, he's a very persistent, you know, stick with his style. So I was happy to see him win. I thought he was a bit younger than he is. Like, he's 26 like years 26. old. I thought he was like, I thought he was like 24, 23. Um, doesn't matter. Either way, go win. Um, I'll definitely keep an eye out for him in the future. I'm just not sure who was like the right next guy. It's funny because like going into this fight, I was like, oh, we'll get Stanionis versus Ennis next for sure. Steven Espinosa crushed that. He's like, nah, maybe down the line, but not now. And after watching both of them like back to back, I get what Steven Espinosa was talking about. Steven was like, nah, man. Nah. <laughs> you talking about you talking about a prospect and you're talking about a prospect. Okay. They're, they're, these are not the same things. Uh, what'd you think, Matt? Yeah. I, I don't really care about what I saw with Stanley on this. I think um he's okay. You know, I I don't see the hype. What hype? Well, I, I listen to guys like your boy, uh, who's not here right now, uh, Deuce. He seems to think Stanionis is the goods. I just think he's too short. Stanionis and beat boots. Small. Yeah, I, I I don't care about Stanionis. <laughs> I, I mean, I tried to sh- straight face that one, but um, I can't. <laughs> he's all right. 
You know, he's another one of these European guys that was beating up on the little teenage kids for two Olympic cycles. I don't care about guys like that. Who gives a shit? It's all right. He He's a good fighter. I'm glad to see uh, PBC meeting their quota for uh, non-African-American fighters. I, I'm happy to see that. You know, <laughs> white lives matter. Uh, so he, he's a good fighter. Beach? <laughs> he ain't fucking with boots, though. Come on now. What about Jamal James, one of your favorites? Oh, God. That would be a nice FS1 main event that I wouldn't watch, I guess. <laughs> You're watching it. Did Stan Yotis have an easier time with Delorme than Jamal James? No. No, 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 no. Uh, Delorme was tagging Stan Yotis a lot. I thought I don't the think fight he hit him as much as people closer. think. A lot of those shots were, were on gloves. Mm, okay, Mr. Kenobio, I guess. <laughs> You're a coffee box guy. But, uh, hey, I'm not, I, I have way thicker skin than that. Give me, give me some credit here. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I search my name on Twitter. Honest, I just something missing with him. Like he seems like a good, nice, come forward fighter. He's gonna be an exciting fight, depending on the matchup. But I don't see him as a a world level title challenger. I think that for that being his thirteenth fight. There's there's reason to be optimistic about his career because we saw a lot of things like he took a big jump in in the level of his opposition with this with the Delorme fight and he did relatively well he made some adjustments he looked like he was learning things as we went on to the fight but there's levels to this and where he's at level wise is still I think he could compete and possibly beat Jamal James. But that's not something I'm betting on right now. Um, it would probably be a really close fight. And I think Stan Yonis is, I would say his ceiling is going to be a guy who can keep pace with a lot of guys, but not separate himself. And, and there's a lot of guys who like have had lots of opportunities. They've had good careers. And they're just pace guys where they, 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 can, they can hang with the dogs, but they ain't ever going to be the guy who gets his hand raised at the end of the fight. Maybe one or two times they get luck their way. Um, one of the things that I was kind of shocked with is like, it's been a while since we've really seen a guy come like with this whole Gennady Golovkin style of like gloves up. I'm just going to walk forward, let you, let you punch out, block it, and then just try to wing some hooks. It, and his jab was pretty good too, by the way, with Stan Jonas. I, I was impressed there. I mean, look, I'm it, this like expectations. Okay. My all, all of what I'm saying is like, oh, yeah, this is how I feel when I see a guy who I think is a prospect that, you know, there might be something there, which is looking at things from a way different perspective than I was looking at with Boots, where with Boots, I was expecting to see somebody spectacular and he delivered. I wasn't expecting that with Stan Yonis. I wasn't even sure that he was going to beat Delorme. And so, you know, I, I would say he's good for where he's at, but I think he's still a guy with 13 pro fights and there's work to be done. And the good thing is that yes, he's he's you know he's 26 years old, which I still think is there's time for him to develop. And look, the welterweight division needs younger guys because like if you look at all the top dogs, they're all over the age of 30. But now you got Virgil and Jerron and now Stanionis as three guys who are young in the division. Um, 
let, let me ask you guys this. Who is the best guy at welterweight right now that you think Stan Yonis could beat? Um, like next? Next. Uh, could he beat Castillo Clayton? I don't think so. No. Matt, come on now. No. You Clayton's guys are too, both lying to Clayton's the people. too elusive for him. Elusive? But he don't throw punches. Uh, I, I, I think he'll beat him. He's, yeah, he'll take, he'll just make it boring and ugly like he did against Lippinets. He he literally went around the circle the whole or well moved in a circle the whole fight and was just throwing his jab like whether it was so at worst, or not. Like, gets a draw. I think he could beat David Avanesian. <laughs> You're looking on box break right now, like I am. <laughs> yeah, you pulling names. What about Mean Machine? Uh no, I don't know about that. Maybe Jamal James. I Probably pick Jamal not. James. In that. Jamal James is a little tall. He's not a little tall. He's a lot tall. Yeah, I, I don't He's know. Like if six that's feet a tall. I don't know if that's a good matchup for Stanionis. I'm thinking, like, what about um, Abel Ramos? Well, come on, a lot of people could be Abel Ramos. Okay, Omar Figueroa is about to be Abel Ramos. I'm just looking. I'm on box record. He's ranked 13th. I think Stanionis should fight the winner of Ramos and Figueroa. I like that. I think that's, yeah, that's just a good right. idea. Or maybe dust off uh, the Riverside Rocky, uh, Josecito Lopez. He's fighting Crawford, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a better fight for him than, uh, than Stanionis. He's got a better shot in that fight, too. Damn. Let me ask you this, Matt, since you, you, everyone wants to bring this guy up, but no one ever wants to you know, actually spell out what it is about this guy that they like so much. How do you think Stanionis does against Rashidi Ellis? Um, it depends on what kind of shape Ellis is in. So what we've seen with Ellis is that he, he's really fast, right? Incredibly fast. But he only has one speed. So if the fight gets into the later rounds and Stanionis is still there, I think Stanionis could take him out late because he only has one speed. And no matter how fast you are, People can adjust to that speed if they see it enough eventually. So I well, think Stanionis might be able to adjust to it later on in the fight if he's still around. I also think Stanionis is the guy that your speed isn't going to help you that much because he's going to put a lot of pressure walking you forward or walking you down. And even if you're elusive and you can avoid those shots, that is pressure that you got to take away or that's pressure that takes away your stamina. He throws punches. He's going to hit you. Um, that speed might disappear, you know, kind of like how Gary Russell Jr., who I can't remember if you like him or not. I don't care. But J- Gary Russell's <laughs> hand speed is only good for four rounds. Gary Russell is family. Let's not, let's not slander the great Gary Russell Jr. Well, first of all, I know you ain't family because you didn't call him Mr. Gary. So let's start there. That, that's for people who ain't family. No, you, you show some respect. You call him Mr. Gary. So we know that you ain't <laughs> talking about Gary Antoine. And Gary Antonio. <laughs> You're not really fam if you don't know uh, Dirt and Bone, to be honest. Well, <laughs> Gary don't even know them, so. <laughs> um, I would like to see Ellis versus Danny Honest. That's actually a, a decent matchup. Ellis need to get himself free. Yeah. And built a little bit. Like, can, can, can people know who he is? Because Golden well, Boy is doing a terrible job at having anybody know that Rashidi Ellis exists. And he beat their, their other guy at 147, Roca. Alexis so. Rocha, yeah. 
Yeah, they're probably going to bench him even more for that one. You think Stan Jonas will beat somebody like Luis Colazzo? What is his deal? Is he, like, he's not fighting anymore, is he? My guess is that nobody just wants to actually see this guy fight. <laughs> he's like 39 years old. You got eight losses. Like, bro, you don't do anything for anybody. Didn't he fight Kujatio? Yeah, he lost. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say he's probably done. That was like he don't years. think so. Like, he's still running his mouth about trying to get a fight. Yeah, a payday. But Stanionis is not a payday for anybody. N- no, he, he is not. They should, they should dust off Antonio DeMarco. Like, I know he's lost his last three <laughs> fights, but he got that moral victory over Giovanni Santion. I don't know, guys. I think I got a real good idea here. Let's hear it. No, I'm saying DeMarco versus Stanionis. Nah. I want to see Stanionis against another guy that's maybe top 25. Because I think that's about where his level is at right about now. Somewhere in the top 25 welterweights. Uh, so Pacquiao. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. On the undercard, Jerwin Ancajas and Jonathan Rodriguez put on a pretty unexpected banger of a fight. Um, it was fairly competitive until the middle rounds. Then Ancajas like really started to turn it on. He was kind of beating the hell out of Rodriguez and then gassed himself out. So then Rodriguez in like the last two rounds um, survived and he started to put it on Jerwin. Jerwin looked clearly like he had nothing in the tank anymore. Uh, what did you guys think about this fight as an opener? Were you as entertained by it as I was? Oh yeah, yeah. I was. I was. Dig- I was liking the fight. Was dope to be you honest. Guys- are you? I, I can't remember. Are you are you guys fans of the lower weight classes? No, come on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. To be honest, I'm not usually the the biggest supporter of the uh, the little folks. But what was what was cool about this fight for me is like no one tried to guilt trip me into watching it, and no one was trying telling me that I was missing like Rocky Part Seven. You know, like well, it was just like a, a lot of the hipsters don't like Encajas. I mean, I why can tell you that? why. He's not very uh, good. Well, no, they claim that he's been ducking the other champions at 115, basically. Um, anybody who thinks that, you that, like that's like the galaxy brain here. Like, come on now. Ankaz is just not that good. How's he ducking? He's trying to fight guys that are his level. Like, he may have a world title, but like, if anybody's actually impressed with what they see from German Ankaz, like, my God. The guy is Yeah, just... but maybe that was the top rank matchmaking. You know, top rank doesn't do a great job of making me interested in their fighters. They 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 really don't. We've seen it I'll with Shakur Stevenson <laughs> with, with the with the trash that he's constantly fighting. We see it with Terrence Crawford and the trash that he fights. You know, I, I don't care about these guys that top rank match people up with. So maybe now that Encajas is down with uh, the NWO of boxing, the PBC, <laughs> maybe, just maybe, they will match him with guys that will bring out exciting fights in him. I mean, sure, sure. I'm, I'm okay with that. But right now, from what I saw from Ancajas, he don't look like... I mean, he looked better against Jonathan Rodriguez last night, but he gassed out so bad. But I've never been really impressed with him. I don't think he's actually that good. Well, I'd like to see him fight uh, the Japanese guy that just knocked out Tanaka. Um, Kazuto Ioka? Ioka, yeah. 
that guy was like my favorite fighter until in a way I, I laid eyes on Inoue, and I was like, oh, wait, never mind. I like this guy. Well, now you can like Yoka again because it seems like top rank is benched anyway, so <laughs> it is what it is. I don't know what it is that they're doing with Inoue, but that is... It's a travesty. I, well, I mean, I mean, I think you could ask that about a lot of top rank fighters. Is there anyone that they have right now that there's a very clear plan? They let Teofimo get away from them. I was going to say get away from the next opponent, but they didn't even have a next opponent for him. They let, uh, what is Bud, go what's happening with Bud? Who knows? What's happening with Shakur? Who knows? What's happening with Fury? Who knows? I, I mean, am I, am I missing anyone? Um, I think they have a very clear pan for Joe Smith Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that he's going to knock out Archer Betterbiev. That's going to be a good fight. Well, um, let's talk about that, okay? So Joe Smith Jr., he's like this perennial underdog, working-class guy. Um, everyone roots for him. He's finally done it. He got a decision over Maxim Vlasov last night. He is the, now the WBO light heavyweight champion. The fight was really close on the broadcast, at least. Um, Andre Ward had it a draw, I think it was. Um, I saw some people, not a lot of people, saying that they thought Vlasov won. Who do you guys think should have gotten the win last night? Matt, what do you think? I, I would have gave it to Joe Smith uh, just because Same. I thought that he was landing the heavier shots. The fight was really close. It could have went either way. I thought uh, Vlasov was landing more shots, but I thought the, the heavier blows, not to sound like Max Kellerman, but who would I have <laughs> rather been at the end of the fight? I would have rather been Joe Smith because I think Vlasov is going to be uh, pissing blood over the next couple weeks. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. got hit a lot in that fight, just saying. You, well, he you, always hits a lot. If he, I wanted to be anybody on that card, it was F.A. Ajagba. Because at least, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. I didn't have to work that hard. Because those guys in the main event, it's cr kind of crazy for the amount of damage that those guys did to each other. The fight wasn't that great. And like that, you look at the, the way those, you look at the punch stats, you look at the way they look after the fight, you would have think you got the war of the century. You don't think it was that good? Well, I'll tell you why it wasn't. And it was because Vlas I hate to watch guys like Vlasov who are able to land a lot, but like it just doesn't look like they're actually like doing anything. Vlasov landed all these punches in, in the fight. And like Joe Smith Jr., the only thing that was holding him back was the fact that this guy was gassed, that he was fatigued. It, but it wasn't like Vlasov was hurting him or, at, or anything like that. And, like, these kind of, like, you know, Vlasov is throwing a lot of punches, a lot of arm punches. Like, it's just not that fun to watch. I mean, I, I was hoping that somebody here thought that Vlasov would have won the fight so I could, um, you know, give my take. But since you don't, i got to pretend. But I 100% agree with you, Matt. Like, he's, if it's something that, like... You, you see, it, depending on who the B-side is in the, in the Vlasov position... But there are these fights where you have a very similar fight that plays out the way last night plays out. And depending on who is the, the one that everyone likes, that seems to be the, the general consensus as to who won the fight. But like, if you look at Broner and Malinaji, like who landed the heavy shots in that fight? It was Adrian Broner. You look yeah, at Chavez all, Jr. All against Brian Vera. Yeah, all punches are not created equal. So like, people just look at punch that, oh, well, he outlanded him. And he outthrew him. Yeah, but if you watch the fight, 
Joe Smith to me was was working him over. Yeah, and like if if you were like if this was a um if this was an amateur fight, Maxim Vlasov would have won. And if this was a fight where like let's see, like in terms of activity, who tried harder? Vlasov worked his ass off in this fight, but the only issue. The only issue is that the rounds, like if you actually counted up the, the rounds that Maxim Vlasov clearly won, it wasn't that many. But I know three rounds at a, like there is n- no question who the winner of those rounds were. It was Joe Smith. And then just if you're up close hearing what, hearing these punches land, you would know, oh, okay, Joe Smith Jr. is doing work here. Vlasov is getting his hands, like he's, you know, he's throwing pun- punches. But they ain't doing anything. And so this was a fight where, like, if the cards were, like, 9-3, to three, I wouldn't have had a single issue with it. Because I liked the work that Joe Smith was doing in this fight over what Vlasov was doing. And I could still respect what Vlasov was doing in there because the dude worked super hard. And I feel bad that that guy just looks so unathletic and his body language was so terrible throughout the whole fight because I think with a different opponent who didn't have that one punch power to hurt him, Vlasov probably would have won the fight. Uh, So that brings us to the next question of, do you think that Joe Smith Jr. is an actual threat to better be Lex? Yeah, for sure. Like my thing with Joe Smith Jr. is, although he's limited, he always has that like come from behind and get you out power. Um, if I remember correctly, he hurt Bivol pretty bad in the 12th round of their fight, right? Mm-hmm. And I like I like Bivol a lot. I think he's real talented. So, um, yeah, he he's definitely a threat to uh to better be. I don't know if he'll win, but I I'd be excited about that fight. I don't know about you guys. Man. I like listen. I like Joe Smith Jr. I'm kind of biased. Like he doesn't do too much. He kind of just plays his role. You don't hear him talk too much, and when you you do hear him talk, he's he seems like a cool guy. You can't be mad at that, you know. Matt. I, I I think he could beat Better BF. You know, Better BF has a very leaky defense. Um, and Joe Smith can crack. To me, Smith versus Better BF is just a matter of who's gonna land first and who can take a better shot. Now, one thing we've seen about Joe Smith, he fought a whole fight with a broken jaw. Okay, so he's as tough as they come. Will he be able to withstand better BF power? Maybe. Uh, I think Adam Deans did a pretty good job against better BF. I thought he actually took the fight to better BF and made better BF look really awful in some spots. So you're telling me that if Joe Smith was to land those those punches on better BF, that better BF won't go down? You know, we saw Callum Johnson crack better BF and knock him down. Now, is Callum Johnson the finisher? That Joe Smith is? No. So I think it's a great matchup. It's a matchup I want to see, and I hope we can get it next. Because to me, that fight is guaranteed maximum violence. <laughs> so I think that Better Be has a real good shot of knocking Joe Smith Jr. out. I think when it comes to who's going to... They both have terrible defense. Let's just throw that out there. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. got hit so much in this fight. And it's not like he's an undefeated fighter. It's not like Joe Smith Jr. has ever been known for it. And better be it has um, holes and deficiencies on 
on his end defensively. So like what prevails in that situation? I think better Biev is a better, um, he's, he's, he's a more skilled tactician offensively. And I think that could be the difference maker in this matchup because I mean, ultimately both guys got the eraser here and they're both, we are definitely looking at a situation where it is whoever lands first. Um, may that may wind up deciding the fight, but it was uh, it is a great fight to be made, and the the only concern and fear that I have is that it winds up not ending in a knockout because when you get two punchers in the ring, a lot of times it doesn't wind up being a, a knockout finish because both guys are concerned with the other one's power. Uh, Joe Smith does not strike me as a guy that's concerned about anything in the ring. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he's he's like the light heavyweight Brandon Figueroa. Yeah, he he goes for it. He definitely goes for it. And the, but the thing here's the thing about better BF. Yeah, he's better, uh, tactically offensively. But as we saw with Adam Deans, and as we saw with Callum Johnson, and even in the Vosdick fight, better BF does not really throw much when he's having punches thrown at him. And he doesn't throw much when he's moving backwards. Fair, fair, fair. I, I'm I I don't really feel too power or <clears throat> I don't feel that strongly either way. I just think it's a fun fight, and my hope is that if this fight does happen, we actually get the fun fight that we're all hoping for, and not a twelve round fight where it's like, yeah, better be of outbox Joe Smith Jr. Who would have thought? Or vice versa, Joe Smith Jr. outboxed him. Who would have thought? Um. All right, on the undercard, F.A. Ajagba, he knocked out Brian Howard uh, very brutally. Um, what do you guys want to see next with Ajagba? Mm. Let me pull up BoxRec heavyweight rankings. All right, while this guy <laughs> has to refresh his memory, Matt, you have something? I want to see Ajagba versus Jared Anderson. Oh, my God. No, no. This is, this is stupid. <laughs> Why? We just said we just went like with the when we were talking about boots, we just went on this whole thing about the type of unrealistic matchups and all this stuff. And then the first thing out of your mouth is a Jogba versus the number one prospect top rank has right now. Because here's the thing. Okay. You better not slander a Jogba. You better not slander him. He's gonna get clipped. So you might as well feed him to the guy that you think is the next great American. I think I have the guy. I think. Are you ready? Sure. Carlos Tatum. Oh, my God. <laughs> who out, gives out, a out, shit out. about Carlos Tatum? Get out. Who, Carlos who, 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 who you, I'm trying to what be you realistic. What say next? Jermaine Franklin? I'm trying hey, to be realistic. Jerry Forrest? Hey, Jerry what? Forrest was in a nice fight against uh, the China guy. Yeah, I mean, Zhang. the thing is, when you're you're a heavyweight, you can't have nice fights. That's not a good good sign, because this is the the division where it is one shot lights out. You're done. I just want to see a Jogba get fed to someone that's going. Why does he got to get fed to somebody? Look, look, Why can't look. we feed someone to a Jogba? Uh, because a Jogba, God, say it. He say doesn't it. have it. Now, now when you say. It, what do you mean by that? That new trainer that he's with. 
Kay Karoma, who I, yeah, yeah, thank you. I've been saying this for a while. I know all you people want to think that, oh, well, he, he trains the U.S. amateurs. No, he sucks. He sucks. And, and the U.S. amateurs haven't won shit in how long? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Shakur Stevenson won like bronze or silver or something. Shakur Stevenson is most famous at the Olympics for crying. <laughs> like, what are we even talking about here? This guy, Karoma, sucks. And, and, yeah. and the only reason why Ajagba's with him is because of the Jay Prince connection. That's well, really the only reason. Ajagba, never mind. Never mind. Listen, no, that's, like that's all facts. My bad, Matt. My bad. No, no. I, I'm just saying, I'm just thinking long term. Okay. Is Ajagba going to be the next heavyweight champion? No. Can Jared Anderson be the next heavyweight champion? Yes, no. he can. Yes, he can. He ain't champion as long as Tyson Fury's around. Lex, relax. Relax, Lex. Relax. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saving Steve, all my stay energy. Stay on mute. Stay on mute. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm saving my energy. I'm saving my energy. Why, what are you saying? The show. We're not talking about Wilder, Fury, or Joshua today. So No, no. Look, my problem with the FA thing is all the guys that would have probably been right for him aren't at top rank. They're all at PBC. Like the Gerald Washingtons, the Charles Martins, the Adam Kalnackis. The uh, the Robert Helanius. This uh, is the tier of, them of guy them that FA needs right now, but they're they're not at top rank. I'm trying. I I said Tackum. Tackum's last fight was at top rank. I'm trying to give you guys who are like they they fought at a certain level and they're with top rank. And so I don't know. Like, what are they going to give him? Tony Yoka? Like that's not happening. Who gives a shit about Tony Yoka anyway? He's boring. But that's my point. Is like who <laughs> gives a shit about most of the heavyweights at top rank outside of Fury? And I Jared some Anderson. people like Tony Oka. Just saying. His wife? What, what about... Okay. Uh, <laughs> never mind. You guys are definitely trying to get me in trouble. Uh, Ajit Kabayel? Who? What is that going to do? <laughs> yeah, what is that going to do? <laughs> some German guy? What is that going to do? Listen, if Ajit Kabayel walked next to me right now, he could pull up on the sofa. I still wouldn't know who's him, man. Who, I thought I you say you would sleep him or something. I was like, wow. Okay. I might. I might. <laughs> you you <laughs> know what might be interesting, actually? <laughs> What's his resume? Ring, Ring City has a heavyweight fight between Jermaine Franklin and Stephen Shaw coming up. What if the winner of that fight, top rank, could secure that guy to fight Ajagba next? What if Ajagba fought Alexander Povetkin next? No, Povetkin's done. Nah. That's why. But, no, no, I mean he's done. Like he's not fighting no more. No, no, no. He's he's got one more in him. Nah, he's retired. He he's done. What if what if okay, wait, wait. What if you gave him Kubrat Pulev? Can we do that? You want to see a dead body? Pulev, Pulev, no, no. Pulev, Pulev, with who? It's <laughs> too rough for him. The the thing about okay, Lex and I talked about this. We did a podcast uh, a few days ago, which we still have not released. But like. Why is there such a change in the perception of FA Ajagba? The matchmaker went to top rank. Yes, the matchmaking, the new trainer. When he was with PBC, like nobody thought he was gonna be the next great heavyweight, but at least he was entertaining. That fight against Kaladze was one of the best heavyweight fights that I've seen in a long time, and you're just yep. not gonna get that with top rank. You're just not. Yeah, I think they're they're too safe. 
which there's good and bad to that. I mean, the, the 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 good is that you win. The bad is that you may look like Shakur Stevenson. Yeah, I just I just don't understand why he made that move. Well, probably I know why. I could tell you. Yeah, we yeah we know why. Jay Prince gave him that advance in a pandemic, so that's probably why he made the move. But it just wasn't smart. And you know what's crazy too is like when the move first happened. It was like boxing Twitter had the biggest pop-off moment. Like, oh, my God, we finally got one. Someone that would leave PBC. Yes. Yeah. Nana, and where, nana, where boom, is boom. all that now? Yeah. Where is that at? They don't care about Because they don't really care about Ajagba. They just care about hating on PBC. And now that Ajagba is with Top Rank, what is he doing? At least he was in the main event whoa, on whoa. Fox. He, he was, was not in the main, main event. event Fox. When? When was he the main event? Wasn't that Kalaze fight the main event? No, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Jermel and Tony Harrison was the main event. Oh, Cole yeah. Co-main. I didn't have to get about that fight. He meant that to say like Cole the Man. greatest card like, in the last several years. Yeah, how did I forget about that fight? Balderas getting upset in the opener, followed by Ajagba and Kalaze, like having a great back-and-forth war. And then, of course, Jermel and, and Tony Harrison as the main eventer. Damn, that also, uh, I think it was Jack Tapora getting one shot knocked knocked out on the FS1 portion of the card. Oh yeah, that was a that was a great night of boxing. I was there that night. It was it was amazing. Shout out to Oscar Escondone, all five one of them, <laughs> <laughs> knocking a dude out in the first round. Well, who um, do you want to see a Jogba fight next, Angelo? All right. So first of all. Let me let me dispute a lot of what you guys are saying in the slander of FA Ajagba, okay? Because I feel like you guys have this unreasonable expectation of what you what heavyweight prospects should be. And I don't know if we're going to consider Ajagba a prospect anymore because that itself is a whole other conversation. Still but only like 26. Let's let's be real here. Is he ever 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 going to enter the stratosphere of Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, or Deontay Wilder? The answer is no. And if you think that, I mean, you know, shout out to you for the mental gymnastics that you're doing, but he's not. That's not what his ceiling is. His ceiling is you make good fights with this guy. And so I don't, I think that he's a guy that you could build into a main event guy with Jared Anderson. The coronation of Jared Anderson, you don't want happening on an undercard. You want that as the main event. And so a has got to be on cards where he's uh, like in a, the same way PBC was doing, you know, and get him to the level where when Jared Anderson does beat him and he will, that means something. So right now you got to feed a jog with these guys. You, you just got to make him go viral. Okay? okay. You just need him to sleep guys. And so when you're over here talking about, uh, you know, who, Carlos to come. That ain't it. You know what you need? You need to dust off Murat Gassiev and just put some gloves on him and say, we know you weigh 340 right now. That's okay. You're not here to win. You said Gassiev? Yeah. Gassiev might crack him. Gassiev, no. Have, have you seen old boy? You know what top rank should do, and I know you're, you're Lucas Brown. You're going to never bring me back on the show after I say this? Yeah, why not dig up Curtis Hopper? Oh, but they already fought. Yeah, it was Quote the unquote. most the viral video of the century. 
Dig up Curtis Hoffa. Hashtag and, unfinished business. Yes. And have someone literally drag Curtis Hoffa to the ring. This is this is Vince McMahon nah, booking nah, right put here. It, I listen, love it. Put it in I have a, a lumberjack match. A lumberjack <laughs> match. A cage match. <laughs> they yes. can do him a hell in a cell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Curtis Hoppa is the guy. I like it. I like it a lot. Get, See, that, get, that's what they got to do with it. That's good. Nah, that's if you, if you really, really want to get funny, get Bermaine Stavern. Oh, my God, yeah. Bermaine might give <laughs> give Ajagba some work. He was, I don't know. Hell no. Nah, I don't know about that. Like, do you rem- was it was it Joe Joyce who Bermaine Stavern was was like making he was making him hustle. He was. Yeah, that was that was a rough fight for Joe Joyce. When was the last time you seen Stavern? Uh he just fought in January, dude. Do you know how slow he looked against Trevor Bryan? I don't know if you watched the fight last night, but did you see how slow FA Jogba's punches were? I, I don't think, think that's an issue here. Remember, we're talking about these big heavyweights. That'd be good. Or maybe Dominic Brazil. This, listen, this this conversation is, is sad. This, this is a sad combo. If they cash out F.A. against Jared Anderson, that, that would just be terrible. I mean, like, we, we, like, F.A. went from a guy who we all knew wasn't that good, but we were still hopeful about him. I don't think that fight's going to happen, though. You guys can, like, dust that off because they train together. They're both in Houston. Yeah, okay, but I, I think Jared Anderson is probably the type of kid who was like, yeah, I train with him, but I really don't care about this dude. I will send him back wow. Wow. to wherever he came from. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's um, something that you said there. I mean, there's a lot of guys you can bring in that, like, you could just have a job or take their head off. Kevin Johnson, that dude just had a win. Why not? Uh, that's not a, that's not enough of a name that people know. What do you mean it's not enough of a name that people know? It's not enough of a name that people know. How are you going to sell that fight? We want to put a Jogba, unless you're going to do the Berlanga thing. How about, how about you're going to do the, listen, this guy's just. I got a week. super high risk fight. I, I'm curious. I think you might have clicked the same link I clicked. Jarrell Miller. Oh. <laughs> I'm messing around pick Jarrell Miller in that fight. Why Especially not? if he's if he's on the uh, the gas station Viagra, <laughs> he, might, he might get that. Um, what was it? It was like red ant, like like red ant king or something like that. What do you take? Trey Lippy Morrison. Oh, I'd like that. I'd love to see Morrison get sent to hell. He looked How like about, such a. What jobber. was that knockdown in the fight? Ah, uh, he looked like such a jobber. <laughs> what about Christian Hammer? That's Christian Hammer might mess around and beat him. Christian Hammer yeah. knows how to fight. He he's not a great fighter, but he knows how to fight. We need guys that's like th- that that they can't like walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. <laughs> like you, you you need one of those guys. So I I don't want to take any because my goal with them is I want a Jogba to mean something when Jared Anderson smokes him in two. Daniel Morris. Marius Walk, Walk can fight no, too. Walk can beat him. You, you, you got to be careful there. <laughs> walk, Walk can fight. Um, I mean, if we call him Tim Boxeo, I'm sure he'll have some guys for us. It's like, oh no, no, you want to bring in this guy, Lucas Brown. 
I, that, I already said Lucas Brown, but yeah, Lucas Brown is like a, that's a thirty second fight. That's that that's you you Ajaba could fight twice that night. Bogdan Dinu. Rollins suggests the winner of Holyfield and McBride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to see a dead body? All right. Um, all right. So moving on to the news, boxing scene is reporting that Jamel Charlo and Brian Castano will be meeting in a unification fight for all four of the major titles at Super Welterweight, which boxing would be the scene. culmination. Boxing scene. I, I heard that from, from Deuce. Deuce, did you, he's listening. Deuce when did you? Was the one this? that reported that first. When did you report this, Deuce? We'll, we'll wait for him to reply. This is the culmination of like six years of PBC's like back and forth matchmaking. All these guys that they that they have at 154 fighting each other, and now we're left with all four titles going to be on the line. This will be on Showtime, uh, according to the report. Uh, but but then Jermel Charlo kind of tweeted that maybe this isn't happening. That's so, not what he said. That's so. I want to know what do you think about what he he tweeted? What do you think it meant? Well, let's see what he said. Ain't right, shit you're... popping right now. Talks will happen eventually. But whoever told y'all we negotiating was clout chasing. We relevant, so of course it will catch wave. But I'll keep y'all updated on me. Don't listen to none of them hate as media hoes. And by the way, fuck their pound for pound. <laughs> Lines out. I think that's what he said. So what do, what do you think that means? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I read that no. too many times. I can and talk, I'm like, I can talk line. Mean? I got it. I All got right. It. Thank, thankfully, we have somebody who could translate the lion speak here. What does I this can mean? Talk line. What that means is the fight isn't signed yet, but because... He has his belts, and Castano has his belt. They're both relevant, and it'll, it will get there. But right now, it's just clout chasing. And all y'all media people, your pound-for-pound pound list is trash. Lions out. That made just as much sense. <laughs> <laughs> you, you translated some lion into tiger. Thank you. <laughs> Do you think it means that maybe, like... You guys ain't announcing my fight. I announce when I fight. It could mean that, or it could mean that maybe we should take Tim Zoo's team a little bit more seriously. They did allegedly throw out a social media offer of $10 million to both Charlo and Castano, first come, first serve, to fight Tim Zoo in Australia. So maybe the money ain't there yet that Charlo's looking for. But why would he bring up the pound for pound list and like clearly try to shit on the media? Do you think maybe it's like him just saying like, don't believe anything that these people tell you, you know, I don't, I don't talk to them. So anything that they say about me is not true. No, I just think he, he, he's just very random and incoherent. So he just wanted to get everything off his chest in one tweet. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just, just a machine gun just sprayed everything he had yeah, uh, basically now how much credit would you give showtime and pbc if they put this on regular the, on regular showtime because jamel oh. is coming off headlining a pay-per-view that that would be great for the fans you know um first of all it's a, it's a big fight okay we're not gonna say it's massive because castano was not that known but it's a big fight and it's a significant fight 
because we haven't had a undisputed at 154 since what Winky Wright was the last one that was undisputed at 154. Like it's basically been quite some time. So all the work that Jamel Charla has been putting in all these years is about to culminate in a huge fight against a guy who can actually beat him. Let's let's mm-hmm. not underestimate Castano. Castano is the most active fighter at 154 as it pertains to throwing punches. And Charlo is the least active fighter at 154. So something's got to give with this clash of styles. Does this mean that Charlo won't be able to keep up with the pace of Castano? Or does this mean that Castano is going to open himself up to those, those counters from Charlo that sent Jason Rosario to hell. I th- I think first of all, in terms of like the 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 way the fight plays out, I think it's more likely that Jermel slows Castano down, and we get a much slower paced Castano than we are used to seeing. Uh, that's what guys who can punch tend to do to their opponents. And as far as like um, the credit, they deserve a lot of credit because I actually I don't think that this is the right move. Now, really? if it was if it was me, I would try to put Castano in a fight that he could lose to somebody with a bigger name. Nah, I only nah. care about money. They, listen, they I mean, I'm saying what I would do. I'm not. I'm, I'm giving them credit for not doing this, but I would do this. They've done enough of that. You know, this was supposed to be Charlo boxing versus is Heard. though. This was supposed to be Charlo versus Heard. Let's not forget that. That's correct, but both of those guys had to go and lose. Yeah. But at least Charlo was able to get his title back. Even let's listen, let's keep it real. He didn't really lose to Tony Harrison the first time, but that's neither here nor there. He was able to get his title back and Jared Hurd ballooned up to one ninety. So And then decided to go train with K Karoma and look like a clown. Yeah. Uh, I told you that guy sucks. But here's the thing. You have these guys with all the belts, with no mandatory do. At the perfect time. Stop fucking around. Let's get the fight done. I don't care if you put it on pay-per-view. I don't care if you put it on regular showtime. I don't care where you put it on. Get the fight done right now. Because that 154 guy uh, for the IBF, who's that? Uh, Beckmere. What was that guy named? That, that's, the, that's the mandatory. He's not going to keep waiting for Charlo. Oh, he might. For, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, he he might. They may Abdul Kakarov him. Ah, oh, this is true, but he is a. They may uh, Golovkin him. <laughs> a little step aside money. Well, we'll see. He is a a Clemens, uh, Edges Clemens uh, client. Say that fast five times. Um, I mean, if if Mean Machine finds himself on a PBC card, I mean things might be cooking right there. Yeah, that's true. I just want to see the fight next. I want to see it right away and i want to see if jermel charlo can cement his legacy and stamp his past to the hall of fame in one night um i don't think they like like you were, you were saying it should be heard i don't see why that fight still can't happen like i'm not saying that it can't but i i would say that if you want to put jermel back on pay-per-view um a unification I, my thing is like okay so my pers- my perspective right is like I'm picking Jamel to beat Castano when that fight happens. I saw a level of strategy that I didn't know he was capable of against uh, Rosario. 
and we all know how he punches. Castano is active, but he he doesn't. I don't I don't know how hard he punches for real. So like, and and Jermel is always in shape. I I just when I think about the matchup and the styles, I think it's it's gonna end for, in a stoppage for Jamel. So like you look past that, and and J Rock is still there. I'd buy that pay per view. Heard is still there. I'd buy that pay per view. Lubin is still there. I'd buy that pay per view if he if he works his way up. But like the money is still there. The pay per views are still there. The storylines are still there. 154 is still an amazing division with so many cool matchups that we still haven't seen. So like I think you, like Matt said, you do the fight now. Let this man make history. Let him solidify himself as a true pound for pound. Like yo, top five pound for pound. It has to be. And then after that, like yeah, he's the right. money dude. He just he just keeps running them off. He, he I'm not mad at, that. At, the, at the plan. We'll say it again. I said, yeah, right. He already addressed that. But come on, man. A, a fully unified champ in any weight class, ring belt, Avengers only lost. Like, you can't. I mean, if, if, if certain media members don't want to include him, then it can't be any more obvious what, what's going on. I think it's obvious what's going on, but we'll move on from that. Matt, you wouldn't want to see Castano and Hurd? I would want to see Castano and Hurd. Uh, after Castano loses to Charlo and maybe Heard is trying to get back into the mix. But I don't want to see anything interfere with this undisputed fight. Then tell Tim Zeus people to shut the fuck up. Uh, I think uh, they were just clout chasing, as Charlo would say. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Um, And PBC and Showtime, I-, I just think that they deserve a lot of credit if they do it because... I feel like there's a lot of justification for not doing the fight yet. And, you know, how close are we until everything is opened up and we can do full crowds where we could put this in Barclays or, or, you know, Staples or whatever, you know, you, you would be, you wouldn't be, I don't think you'd be wrong if you were to, to, to hold off on this, but they're doing it, you know, and I got to give them credit for that because me as a, um, a money, a money guy is probably letting Hurd fight for, for Castano's title. And if he and if Castano beats Hurd, then you got a bigger fight. But anyway, um, there's also talk that Yuri Orcas Gamboa may be getting yet another title opportunity against Chris Colbert. Um, what do you think about this matchup for Colbert? Love it. Let's get it. Matt? Yeah, I don't care. Why don't you care? Uh, well, because it seems like Gamboa has taken the Andre Berto role of everybody beats on him on his way out. We we saw, I remember Berto was like the gateway drug to Mayweather. And it seemed like every time you fought Berto, then you get to fight Mayweather next. It seems like Gamboa is the new guy for these 130 to 135 pounders. Let's all see who's going to beat this guy on the way out. I think... What should have happened was instead of all these guys beating up on Gamboa, why the hell didn't they just fight each other? Why haven't we seen Chris Colbert versus Devin Haney? Or uh, they're not in the same uh, weight class, first of all. Uh, uh, they're one weight class apart. Like let's not let's not pretend like let's not, if Gamboa could go to one thirty five and to one thirty, then I think that Colbert can do that also. Oh, you, know, why, you why actually you think Gamboa is going to make 130? Yeah, why not? He's a professional. 
He's a professional. Yeah. He and he couldn't do it payday. for Tank. He wants that payday. I, I imagine that the Colbert payday is not that impressive. I think he's probably going to end up getting more uh, than Colbert, to be honest with you. I don't mind this fight. And it's the same thing with Boots. I think it's Colbert's at, at a point in his career where it's like, you either got to fight somebody that's more popular than you or as popular than you or somebody who's got a belt. And that Gamboa fits that. Gamboa's a name. He's been around for a long time. I mean, well over a decade now. Um, we know who Gamboa is. And that's the right type of fight for Chris Colbert. Uh, if he goes in there, has a more impressive win than Devin Haney, that's a talking point. Although a point that very few people would actually be talking about, given that very few people talked about that fight to be in the first place. I do think, though, that this is the right move for Colbert at this point in his career. I don't think they're trying to rush him because there's, what, what does he get if he gets rushed at 130 right now? They don't really have too much for him. And who knows? Maybe Tank is the fight for him a little further down the line. And I don't think anybody wants to jeopardize that payday. Mm, whatever. I mean, to be honest, like, if Colbert, say he gets Gamboa out in, like, six or seven, yeah, Gamboa's probably, like, about to retire, but that's still kind of a statement to me. Like, it took Tank a full 12, and Tank didn't look that good. Devin Haney Tank. didn't drop or hurt him, if I, if I remember correctly. No, he so, didn't. So if Colbert can go in there and, like, pull off another Arbolator where he's just, like, throwing these crazy combos – Slipping, sliding, hooks, uppercuts, body punch, like doing all that, that is going to, that's going to go mo uh, viral. I almost said mobile. It'll go viral and it'll just raise the kid's profile, which is what he needs in the, in the division that most of the guys aren't with PVC. So that, that's why I like it. Yeah, I, I don't have any issue with this. Um, let's talk about the fights for next week. We have... Matt, your boy, Demetrius Andrade, returning. He's looking for the 30th win of his career against twice-beaten Liam Williams. Matt, tell us why we should watch this fight. Because it's an American that's going to style all over a British guy, and we should always want to see Americans beat the hell out of British guys. Lex? I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what if you're somebody that's like, okay, I've watched... His last few performances and uh, Demetrius is just not that entertaining to watch. Um, I think the way that Liam Williams fights, it might actually bring an entertaining fight out of Andrade because Williams fights like like a mummy, like just coming at you slow, throwing big shots. I think this is an opportunity for Demetrius Andre to style all over this dude and just look good and possibly get the stoppage. I, I think that's fair. Um, the thing about Andre is like, you look at his last few fights and they've, they've all been fairly underwhelming. And I, and I feel like part of that is because this dude is out here. Like really, it seems like just messing around in his fights, like his opponents, he knows that they're, they're not as good as him. He's just out here just trying to, you know, get through. If he stops him, if he stops him, he's trying to just do stuff. And he's just not really doing anything in these fights. They're, they're, we're not really seeing what he's actually capable of. And so Liam Williams at least brings kind of like, okay, he's got some punching power, we think. Um, maybe that aggression 
can like have Andrade, I don't know, look like he's engaged in this fight. I think that is a selling point here. Uh, nothing too interesting on the undercard. On the YouTuber undercard, we have Regis Progre. He will face Ivan Redkak. Um, are either of you guys like going to watch this? Uh, if I can find a, a legal stream, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about to be my response. You say an illegal stream? Yeah, it's on pay-per-view. This shit is pay-per-view. Regis Progre versus Ivan Redcatch is on pay-per-view. But people were complaining about Ariola versus Ruiz. It's not the main event, though. But it's on pay-per-view. And the main event are also two not top-level boxers. Isn't there going to be, like, concerts and stuff? I heard Justin Bieber's performing. Does that make you want to buy a pay-per-view? Nah. But I do like Justin Bieber. You're going to hit us with... um. Love Yourself. Great song. Written by Ed Sheeran, by the way. But Justin Bieber's the man. I like Justin Bieber. You only like him because he hang with he was hanging with Floyd. Absolutely. That's the only reason <laughs> I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Fox, Tony Harrison, he will be facing Brian Perella. This is kind of a weird card because like the Fox undercard is Omar Juarez and Jesse Roman and Vito Melnicki versus James Martin. However, the best fight on the entire card is F.A. Tober. Apache versus Dion Nicholson. These two guys are big punchers. Those guys are, um, but those guys are headlining the FS1 part of the card. So, um, you guys looking forward to Tony Harrison's return? Yeah, man, I'm I'm a, I'm a big Tony fan, man. How do you say it? He's the realest in the game. He he used more colorful language, but something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree. That's my guy. I'm, I'm glad that he's getting back in. Um. You know, I'm not sure what, like, the fight will look like, to be honest. I'm rooting for Harrison. I want to see him back in the mix. Maybe it's J-Rock. Maybe it's Charlo. Maybe it's her. Any of those fights, I'm, I'm down for. So, I hope he looks good. Yeah. I, I like Tony Harrison. Uh, it is his first fight without his father. So, I'm interested to see what he looks like, how he is emotionally, because we haven't seen him. Uh, since the passing of his father, who was, like, basically his trainer, his everything. So, you know, shout-out to Tony Harrison. Let's see what he brings to the table because he has the personality to bring the excitement to the 154-pound division. So it will be good to see if he still has that desire and that hunger to get back to the top. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, at least the main event, I, the undercard is just like, whatever, okay. Like, I'm, these are prospect fights. Like, you guys know how I feel about televising prospect fights. I don't think that they should be on the main cards um, unless you have somebody who's, like, special and, like, they are close to a title shot. Uh, David Morrell is an example. I don't mind that guy being on cards because they've already shown how fast they're willing to move them. We, we have, like, that, it's worthwhile. Omar Juarez and, you know, I think Omar Juarez is getting closer. Vito's still nowhere close. I, I don't agree with these guys being on the card, but whatever. Fox is trying a lot of weird things. Like, okay, cool. Um, but Tony Harrison, that interview that he gave was really good. And, um, you know, it makes me want to see him. He said he had COVID. We'll see if there's any effect of, of that. You know, he, he kind of brushed it off because he's a, an in-shape athlete and, like, you know, I know that Matt, you had COVID, and even though you're not quite as like athletic, you know, as a professional fighter as Tony Harrison, 
you said it still had an effect on you. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, even like my lungs, <laughs> it's still not the same. What do you mean you know? your lungs aren't the same? It's not the same. My lungs, I don't feel the same. What do you mean? How? Like I, I feel like if I breathe deeply, I can literally hear like the mucus. <laughs> it's just, it just hasn't been as, I, I don't feel the same. Basically my equilibrium sometimes is off. You know, and you saw that with Povetkin when he fought Dillian White. He could barely even walk to the ring straight. It, it just, the after effects of COVID is no joke, you know. So it is what it is. But like, I'm not Tony Harrison. Tony Harrison's uh, a big, in shape uh, athlete, like you said. So hopefully it doesn't have any big effect on him. Uh, I just want to see him get out there, do some business. He better get the knockout, by the way. I want to see him knock this guy out. I want to see him fight somebody like Fundora next or fight. Wait, it's not personal to Perella, right? No, I, I don't even know Perella. I don't even know who that guy is. He's a guy that, <laughs> and he was on the Caleb Plant undercard. He got stopped with like negative seconds to go in the fight. Oh, no Jack Reese. Oh, my God. Fucking Jack Reese. That guy again. Nah, I, I don't care about Perella enough to have anything personal against them. I just want to see the guys that we care about at 154 doing business so they can get right back to matching up with each other like PBC has been doing over the last few years. Yeah. Um, I want to see Tony Harrison get back in the mix too because it's been a while since we've seen him fight somebody other than Jamel Charlo. And I wonder, it's almost like I've forgotten what Tony Harrison is actually capable of doing in the ring. <laughs> Brian Perel, I ain't bringing it out, by the way. I mean, I, I'm maybe I'm wrong, but Brian Perella, Tony Harrison does everything Brian Perella can do, and he does it far better. So, and Perella is like actually not a bad boxer. The only problem is like Tony Harrison is just like not not bad. You know, he's actually very skilled. Um, the the cruiserweight fight between Apache and Nicholson that should be good. I mean, between the two of them. They fought like 30-something times and only one person's ever made it the distance between the two of them. So that should be a fun while it lasts type of fight. Um, what fight would you guys say you're looking forward to the most this weekend? Andrade. Um, Lex? No, I, I said Tony. I said Tony. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll be the lone person picking veto here, but um, I'm kidding. You There's a lot are... of good fights, man. A lot of, a lot of good fights, and if not good matchups, good good personalities that I think a lot of people are keeping an eye on. I'm just happy to see Tony come back. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. So a lot of things to talk about. No, nothing's major though. You know, that's the only thing that sucks about a weekend like this is there's a lot to watch, but well, nothing is major. There is something major low key. Showtime did hint that we should be getting the schedule this week. Now, whether or not that happens, who knows, but they did tease that several times during the, uh, well, as, as a close friend of Steven Espinoza, I'll be sure to get that schedule very soon, probably. Any predictions on what we could see? Uh, Mayweather, Logan Paul. Ah, oh, come on, man. Be serious. <laughs> I'm being serious. No, no. Come on. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Listen, we, we rely on you guys to be the boxing insiders, okay? Give the people a nice little tidbit. 
what fight do you think is in the works for Showtime that we can get announced on this Showtime schedule? That we don't already know about is probably coming. Because exactly. there's a couple that's been hint- hinted. Give, give the people a tidbit. Come on. I can't answer this question. Ah, oh, come on. Yes, you, can. you can. I can't answer this question. Wait, wait. How about this? How about this? And and that, I want you to answer too. On a 1 to 10, how good do you think the Showtime schedule will be? I think it's going to be a 10. Yeah. Because the I fact think that Floyd is coming back. Trauma. He's fighting Logan Paul. <laughs> you guys are going to be hyped. Hey, the there fact- ain't nothing like a Floyd fight. The fact that Charlo versus Castano is not going to be pay-per-view tells me that Showtime is serious about the schedule that they are about to unleash on the public. Well, and the fact also that they leaked it. Yeah, they, they, like they, they hinted that. That's, that's kind no, of no, big. they did that's not hit it. You, where do you think Keith Eidick got his sources? Showtime owns boxing scene. Well, actually, Showtime doesn't. CBS does. CBS does. Well, basically the same thing. They leaked that I, I think the only thing that is going to be able to upstage a four bout unification and undisputed matchup is the king of pay-per-view beating the dog shit out of a youtuber wait 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 and tank versus barrios on the undercard why would that's they do that happening yeah why would they do that? Oh, that, that's on, like God the, damn like that why would I they do that attack right there but Tank could headline a pay-per-view on his own. Why would he fight on Floyd's undercard? He already did that. All right, let me no, ask you one question, Angelo. Maybe. One question, Angelo. See if you can answer this. Will Deontay Wilder return to Showtime this year? Um, no. Don't think so. I second that. He will return to a joint pay-per-view sort of deal. Ooh. ESPN. Let's go. Fox. Let's go. Let's go. The trilogy. Let's go. Wait, I forgot that Matt is teeing me on this topic. So I'm not going to say too much, but I agree. Let's go. I think so, man. I think so. All signs indicate that way. Here's what I'm looking for. To pay his debt. Here's what I really want to know about with with the Showtime schedule. Is when in the fuck is Lubin Rosario. Now that's interesting. That's the fight I like I am so looking forward to because someone is getting sent to hell and everyone feels strongly about it. Yo, Lubin is winning that fight. Don't sleep on my boy, man. Oh my god. Do you guys know what my pick is in that fight? I think I've said it on a podcast before. It better be Rosario. It's Lubin by knockout. Oh my God. Let's go. Lubin knockout. It's something about Lubin that I just can't stand. You can't stand? Uh, I thought you were about to say a lot of other things, but not that you can't stand him. No, because it's like, I like the idea of Erickson Lubin. They call him the hammer, right? He's supposed to be yes. this nice, powerful, young guy. Yes. I have never been entertained by him. The only time I've ever been entertained by him was when he got sent to hell by Charlo. What about that the Coda fight? The Coda fight was good. For- it's okay. The two rounds or three rounds it lasted. It was okay. The Gache uh, fight was not entertaining at all. The entertaining part of it was when Lubin was hurt. Exactly. I only like seeing him get beat up. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I've never really been... I, I've watched every single one of Lubin's pro, pro fights. 
and I've never been entertained by him. There have been moments, but I can't point to one of his fights and say, that's a good fight. Exactly. Listen, I'm not going to be bouncing my grandkids off my knee 20 years from now uh, telling them <laughs> about Erickson Lubin. Let's just say that. Nope. You will be telling them about Chris Colbert. Nah. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, not him. I don't like his hair color. That That's just weird. Uh, but, but moving on. Probably you'll tell him about Brian Perella then. I know you have a tidbit, Angelo. Just give us one, just one little crumb, one morsel of information. I've already said too much. I've already said too much. Come on, I I pay for the Sunday puncher, you know. I demand some info. Money Mayweather. (laughs) Yo, nobody cares about that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Floyd Money Mayweather? Oh, nobody cares about that. No, I don't. I, I, I legitimately, no, what I know is not as interesting as what is already public. Wait, wait, uh, real quick, real quick, real quick. So, say that pay per view does happen. How many, how many sales are we talking about? You think? Like two million, probably. Damn. Yo, Logan Paul is everywhere. Logan Paul is a big deal. That's a fact. That dude is 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 part of WrestleMania. Dude. I'm doing this podcast right now. I haven't had a chance to watch WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Are you just going to throw that out there? Just spoil it I, for no, me? I didn't. I, I, no, I, I thought that he was doing WrestleMania. He was teasing that he was going to be part of it. Well, I don't know. Oh, okay. The, All right. Just I saw yesterday it. that they... I saw yesterday that they showed him on like Raw or SmackDown or something. No, 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 no. He was going to... I have no clue what's going the on in this, dude. of Sami Zayn. Oh my god! This just—I'm not gonna get into. I don't want to do the the whole I hate this YouTuber. Get, you know, get off my lawn thing. But uh, like the fact that Floyd has to come out of retirement to you know jack this dude up because he's getting a little too popular and there's just too much money to not to to leave on the table here is just so stupid. But that's my prediction. I think Floyd they they make that fight. Uh, well, Although wait. I did. Does it even matter? Uh, listen, at the end of the day, Floyd is still kind of old. He's 42? No, Floyd's much older than that. I would say he's maybe 43, 44. Oh, much older. Like one year. <laughs> <laughs> listen, 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 listen. This guy's harsh. When you, when you become that age in combat sports, that's like dog years. I'm with you. And say what you want about Logan Paul, and now it's not like I'm selling the fight. He can crack. Crack what? You're talking about his brother, Jake Paul. No, Logan Paul can crack. Jake Paul's the one that slept um, Nate Robinson. Yes, but Logan Paul can crack. And what is your proof? I thought that he did pretty good against, uh, who's the, the, the British guy? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good for losing the fight. The only reason why he lost was because Jack Reese interfered. You know, we're not going to get into Jack Reese again. It is what it is, man. I just know that don't let Floyd get hit by a shot that he don't see by this 200-pound man. Oh, no. Floyd is going to bring him down. Floyd's going to be like 160. No. Catch weight? No way. Yep. yep. If, on, if, if Fundura can make 154, Logan Paul is <laughs> about to be making 160. Well, that kind of kills any interest I might have had in the fight. Why? 
You don't want to see Floyd look. just beat the hell out of some YouTuber? No, honestly, I'd rather see Floyd beat the hell out of Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> I, I was hoping you would say Boots. No, come on now. No, 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 no. I don't want to see Floyd against a real fighter. I want to see Floyd against either an old guy or against, like, that Japanese kickboxer. Oh, my God. That was the greatest That fight Floyd is fight so ever. good. It's, it's hilarious. The you can greatest. see Floyd, like, the look Floyd gives him when he realized that dude was throwing live rounds. He's like, oh, oh, we're doing this. Oh, okay. I thought we were doing an exhibition. Okay, then. Let's do it. Yeah, and that Floyd started was, walking him down. That was the best fight. I mean, when you have Floyd Mayweather Crip walking at the end of a fight, you know you got your money's worth. And Floyd knows he got he got his money. Oh, definitely. Um, I don't know that, that fight is going to happen, but I I think that they're going to do it. I just think that the, the they say Floyd knows when to strike while the iron is hot. And you could say, yeah, like, does, oh. But why would Showtime be involved? If I'm not mistaken, the Floyd fight against the Japanese kid, the reason why it wasn't on U.S. television was because Showtime didn't want to get involved with it. Yeah, because Showtime didn't want to air a fight at fucking 5 a.m. Mm, okay. Like, you, Steven Espinoza is not stupid. He is not like, yeah, yeah, let's do this 5 a.m. fight for Floyd because he's that popular. No, that's why, because it was in Japan. If for and then the other thing is like nobody knows who this Japanese guy is. I I don't even remember what his name was. Tension something. Come on, Tension Nasakawa. Okay, Tension was unknown and is unknown here in the U.S. But when it was Conor McGregor, Showtime was right there. That is true. But I think Logan Paul is American, and he's very popular. I think it's a different environment too. Like. At the time, like Floyd versus Tension, like as far as like quality control, that may have been a bad look. But with like Triller doing what is what, what they're doing, it, it's just different. You know, it's a different time. So it would it wouldn't shock me if they put that fight on at all. Um, that's my prediction. I don't know if it's true or not. If it's if it's not true, sorry guys. Um, you know, sometimes you, you get a little too um, you do you you overthink things, and if it is true. You know, I told you, but like, really, it does it even matter what their schedule is? We're getting Charlo Castano. Yeah, it matters. You know, l- listen, top remember- rank got a lot of run off of the Tiafimo and Lomachenko fight. It didn't matter what the fall schedule was. That fight was good enough for everything else. Yeah, but do you remember how hype everyone was when PBC did the rollout of their schedule? Like, it, it matters. Like, like I understand this is not the NFL where you have the weekly schedule, but I love when I can point to fights that are happening. And the schedule rollout to me is very important. It gives fans something to look forward to. I mean, yeah. It, it, and when they rolled it out, like, this is... I don't know that we're ever going to have this experience again, but we had, like just weeks and weeks of nothing. And then those top-ranked fights were just, like, all really bad uh, when they started the summer series. And then PBC came out, and finally we got, like, real fights. And, like, Twitter was dead at the time. And all of a sudden, like, instantly it got hot. Like, it Twitter became fun, and there was stuff to actually talk about 
for for that brief moment in time before we all went back to just you know hating each other and stuff. But I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was one of the most fun times of the whole pandemic. Yeah, I remember it very clearly because um, that's when uh, Mike Coppinger got mad because uh, he didn't get the schedule leaked to him first. <laughs> there were several who, uh, if I recall, were not too happy about that. Kevin Ioli. <laughs> who can't even tweet the correct fights when they're given to him to tweet. Exactly. Tyson versus Holyfield on the undercard of Tiafimo. What? Yeah. Like, bro, come on, get it together. Like, you do, are you even using your brain here? And it was, it's Tiafimo versus Cambosos. Did you say that? I think you said Lomachenko. No, I just said Tiafimo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, I, it just needs to be clear that how ridiculous that is. It's like, this is Tiafimo and Cambosos. Okay. This is not a great fight at all. There's no way that Mike, anyway. We'll wrap it up here. Um, uh, okay, so a couple of announcements. So one, there's a new podcast coming out. Okay, you guys may have heard us mention him. He is probably, the, I would say, the highest approval rating of anybody on Boxing Twitter, Tim Boxeo. What, am, I, am I right in saying that? 100% approval rating. Good dude um, and tweets great content. And it's like, I don't know. I always know I'm about to see something real good when Tim Boxeo personally has to message me something. And today we got. Did you did you see the knockout clip that he posted uh, from what looked like a like a high school cafeteria? You're talking about the clip where the kid got knocked out, but then he wasn't really knocked out. He was looking to see if anyone's looking, and then no, nah, that eyes. one was funny. I don't think that that's the one he's talking about. No, it's the one where the guy. He he got knocked out and f- fell in slow motion. And as he was falling, the dude still tried to punch him on the way down. The crowd goes nuts. Like they start running and screaming around in the, the cafeteria. And there's like a dude who's like standing there, like screaming with the baby in his arms. <laughs> I got to go see that. It's it's wild. But anyway, Tim Boxeo, he is starting his own podcast. Um, I am part of that podcast, and you guys should definitely look out for the Tim Boxeo podcast, which is coming to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all them podcasts. You know, what is the Google one? I don't know what you, you get if you're on Android, but that podcast. What's going to be the name of it? Uh, I think it's going to be called the Tim Boxeo Show. Okay, okay. But it might be called something slightly different, but Tim Boxeo will, I think that is going to be in the title. And it's not like this podcast. It's more of a, a podcast where we're going to cover the uh, the club level of boxing and all the the highs and lows of it. And the lows of it can get pretty low. Um, we talked this past. What was the thing we talked about this past week that everyone really loved it? We talked. Oh, we talked about this heavyweight in Bolivia who just. Uh, oh my god! I don't want to recap it, but there's such a a good story that he that he told us. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And then the other thing is, you know, this week we'll be doing an, another debut episode for the Patreon, which is this. Is a, you started a series on our Patreon, which you can get to at patreon.com slash Sunday Puncher. We're reviewing and, you know, kind of doing a narrative based podcast on got fighter debuts. And who did we do last time? Nonito Donaire. And I'm not telling you guys who we're doing this week, but it is going to be a real fun one. So go do that. Uh, patreon.com slash sunday puncher 
Uh, also, you could uh, rate or review this podcast if you like it. If you don't, just pretend you never listened to it and then go on your merry way. Then there's also, Matt, you got a podcast, Most Valid Opinion Podcast. All types of content for you guys to listen to. If you, wh- Who is like the demographic for the listener of your podcast? Like what... What do you got to be into to enjoy your podcast? You just got to be into hip hop and bitches. Okay. <laughs> and uh, is it just hip hop? And bitches. Oh, no, no. I meant like musically. Is it really just all hip hop? Uh, yeah. We might do some R and B before we started recording. We might, we might do some R and B for Valentine's Day. But other than that, it's just mainly hip hop. And, you know, we do talk about our dating lives because uh, my co-host is newly single. Uh, so he's been hitting the dating apps hard, getting catfished by uh, <laughs> by girls that turn out to be guys that look like me. So his adventures are very interesting. Let's just say that. So that's the stuff we talk about. We talk about our, our life and stuff like that. But I don't really have nothing to plug with the podcast. I just want to say RIP to the great DMX. That's all. Yep. Yep. Lex, anything for you? RPX, man. Um, you know, just keep it locked. Saturday, gonna be a nice one. That's pretty much it, man. All right. Th- thanks a lot, guys, for coming on. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. And as always, you're free to hit us up on Twitter. You know the at Sunday underscore puncher. Then there's also our chat, which you can get access to, although you won't get access to the Patreon uh version or section of the chat but you can get different chat you can also message me for that my twitter at real rolling pin lex i don't know what your twitter at is mbo or um matt i don't know what your twitter at is but uh you guys can find them through through us all right 